Thank you, Sarah. You did it again. Another one, Sarah. <laughs> Another one, Sarah. Another one. The podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love a good game of gotcha. Oh, and with me, as always, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how are you on this fine day? I am good. I am good. I just finished the first week at my new job and it went really well and I really like it. So I'm feeling good. That is what we love to hear. I would like to give a special shout out this episode. As y'all know, my mom is a big fan of the show and we're a big fan of her. And on the day of recording, it is my mom and dad and their disgustingly annoying high school sweethearts, as we've discussed before. But today is their 45 years of going steady. So Aww. on the day of recording, March 10th, everyone, is the day that my dad was like, hey, hey, girl, you want to go steady? And she was like, yeah, all right. And we're all very happy that that happened because that's why I'm alive. So thanks, mom and dad. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. We love love. So yeah, it's super cute. And I just my mom just sent me a snap. My dad picked flocks for her. So she just sent me a snap of that and it made me think of it. So very cute. Um, we love love. We love my mom and dad. They're good people. And we really love the truth about forever. So we will be diving into that the next three chapters. So chapters uh, four through six. (laughs) I can do math. Um, But before we dive into those wonderful chapters, would you like to hit us up with our weekly recap of what we have read so far, Michael? Absolutely. So we have our main character, whose name I have a immediate... Macy. (laughs) Every time. Every time. <laughs> there should be a game of the amount of times that you're like, uh, what's the character? Yes, that one. <laughs> oh. My okay, so we have our main character, Macy. She is 17. It's summertime. I believe she's going into her senior year. She doesn't have a lot of friends um, because she has been dating this guy named Jason for a year and a half who sucks and basically like isolated her in a lot of ways um she's very smart she is a perfectionist that's pretty much her whole thing and basically she is using that as a coping mechanism um because her father suddenly died about a year and a half before the story starts and she was there she did see him on the ground he had a heart attack so that's not great. That's not great. So she is working at the library for Jason um, while he's at brain camp. There are two women there who are mean to her all the time, but she mm. accidentally kind of gets offered a job with a 
catering company called Wish. And when we left off, Jason had dumped her via email and she had seen the Wish truck driving by when she was at a red light. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to follow that truck. And that's where we left off. It's a sign. It is. It is a sign. And then, yeah, we, we enter chapter four, which is where we get to meet one of the most, this is my first iconic drop of the episode, one of the most iconic characters, in my personal opinion, of, um, well, I guess we kind of met her earlier, but just very briefly in passing. This is when we really get to meet her. But one of the most iconic characters in Sarah Dustin, like lore, history, greatness, which is my girl, Christy. I love her so much. I think she's a 10 out of 10. She's amazing. Like, she's so good. She's up there with the Isabels and, you know, like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of Sarah Dustin characters, I think that so far I would put Christy and Isabel on it. Um, yeah, that's that's who I think is on it so far. We'll we'll see. I mean, maybe Bert as well because I just really do have a soft spot in my heart for Bert. But, but uh, I don't know if he's in Mount Rushmore. Mira needs to be somewhere. Maybe not like her face. Oh no, I lost you. But carry on. What were you saying before I buffered there for a minute? <laughs> I was saying that we need something for Mira too. Maybe she's not on Mount Rushmore because she's like an adult yeah. character, but she needs to be somewhere. Maybe she needs somewhere. like her own museum right at the base yes. of Mount Rushmore or something. Yeah. Mira has a very special place in my heart. So I do feel like she needs some kind of, some kind of recognition, like a hall of fame or something. She could she could go in that maybe <laughs> yes for sure the Sarah Dustin land hall of fame mirror would be in it she would definitely have a room but yeah Absolutely. here we are and Macy has basically crashed one of their catering gigs like you said she followed the wish van and she has now uh come across them and she didn't really think this plan out she was just like you know, obviously upset about the very weird email that she got from Jason and she's all alone and she didn't want to spend her Friday night lonely in her house thinking about that. So she's like, I'm gonna follow this fan. And now that she's there, she walks up and realizes, I didn't really plan this out. I don't really, I don't know what to say. So Chrissy's just like, hey, you lost or something. She's kind of going back and forth from the van, bringing things out. And she's like, um, I was I was looking for Delia. She finally kind of finds her voice and says that she's looking for Delia. And she sees our girl Monica again, which is where this is where we learn that Monica also goes uh, by Monotone, which is a very appropriate name for her. Absolutely. And yeah, we learn that this is Christy Palmetto, which what an unfortunate last name, because anytime I think of palmettos, I know you should think of the trees, but I just think of the bugs and not a fan of palmetto bugs obviously so she's like oh yeah like i am you know i'm christy macy introduces herself and of course christy is like like the store and macy's <laughs> like oh yes but it's actually it's a family name and this is where christy is kind of like you know i don't i don't really feel like anyone could be a christy i i need more unique name like I, i'd like to be able to change it um but we learn here that christy and monica aka monotone are sisters and they could not be like further apart in the way that they are christy is like flashy clothes and very talkative and monica says basically three expressions and moves at the pace of molasses as we discussed last episode 
This is also where we learn that Christy has scars on her face, which were kind of hidden in the dim light. And then when she comes out, Macy is kind of annoyed at herself because she can't stop staring at them. And she says that basically, like, Christy doesn't even seem to notice that. Yeah. And then she kind of explains that she's kind of just thrown into it. She says at the library, I had two weeks of training. Here, it was two minutes. And Chris kind of just goes over like the important things like gobblers and grabbers and how you have to stomp on people if they're getting too touchy feely and all that kind of stuff. And this is where we get on page 69, which sums up the service industry perfectly. And we kind of discuss this a little bit in Keeping the Moon. But she says, invisible, I thought. After all the attention of the last year or so, I was pretty sure I could get used to that. So I lifted my tray up, squared my shoulders, and headed in. So yeah, she realizes when you are kind of cocktail serving like she is here in the catering world that, you know, you just put your tray up, people grab the food, you're invisible. And that is very true. (laughs) And basically all service industry, people don't really realize you or remember your name. You get obviously people that do, but... Um, yeah, you could be anyone. They just want you to bring them a full drink and their food as soon as possible. And I can 100% see how someone like Macy, who, yeah, has definitely been kind of has this limelight on her because of what has happened with her dad. And everyone knows she was there when her dad passed away. And so she's that girl, right? And there's all these whispers in the hallway about her. So I could see her definitely kind of getting into a job like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely pretty much invisible when you're serving tables unless they're mad about something that's happened in their lives. And then you're the most visible person in the entire world and they will scream at you for days. So on page 64, they're talking about how these like rich people who hired them won't let them park closer to the back door. So they have to like trudge up this giant hill to get all of this stuff into the kitchen and i'm just like ugh, of course friggin rich people don't give a shit about the people they hire they're just like you can uh carry all that and plus delia's like nine months pregnant yep ugh, yeah rich people i swear to god yeah all again as we've gone on tangents about grass before all because of their grass apparently like she Delia says they're weird about their grass and christy's like well my lungs oh yeah they said the grass is apparently very fragile so are my lungs christy said <laughs> and i was like damn straight girl i also loved i forgot i had this highlight on the, the top of page 65 so there there's like something on the what is it uh oh so she's got a tray she's handing like Delia's handing Monica a tray of meatballs and Monica just goes mushrooms and Delia's like meatballs and she's like Monica you do this every weekend Delia said try to retain some knowledge please god I'm begging you and I was <laughs> dying laughing because there are so many people that I have worked with in service before we were like how long have you had this job they'll be like just um onions come on that burger and you're like how long have you worked like how do you not know that and I was like I love that Monica is like that employee <laughs> like Monica you do this every weekend because you just retain some information cracked me up can I just give a little shout out to someone that we worked with at NBC who once asked I believe she asked if it was chicken if the grouper sandwich was made out of chicken I believe you're like no sweetheart it's grouper hence why it's called the grouper sandwich 
It's fish, honey. It's fish. Oh my god. They're so good. That's what those people, they will entertain. They get you through your day sometimes and you're just like They really do. I had someone legitimately ask me what a bottle of ketchup was once, like a fellow server. And I was like, he's like, what is this? And I, first of all, he was one of those people that called everyone mama, which always drove me crazy. Ew. And he's like, mama, what is this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Cause he was holding up a very clearly bottle of ketchup. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Thinking he's referring to something else. And he's like this and like shakes the bottle of ketchup in his hand in front of my face. And I'm like, ketchup. <laughs> okay. And I was like, is that, are you is that serious? Oh my like, God. I think he was confused because it was like, you know, one of the ones that's like ready to go, like the easy squeeze ketchups, but still like, which restaurants have had for years. Like this isn't a new concept, but I still, yeah. Not to mention grocery stores have yeah. those. There, this one is in my, in my fridge, fridge right now. <laughs> Literally <laughs> <What>? right now. <laughs> I wanted to, oh, also I was looking at my Facebook memories today and three years ago, I had a guest who said, I would like a side salad with oil. No, no, no. She said, I would like a side salad with vinegar, no oil, just vinegar. And I was like, okay, so you want a side salad with just vinegar? And she was like, yes, only vinegar. And I was like, okay, great. And then the salads came out and I said, how's everything? And she said, um, everything's fine, but my salad only came with vinegar. So can I like get some oil or something? <laughs> Sure, but you specifically said just vinegar. There's so many times. And like, and that's the thing is like someone says something weird like that, and you're like, that's weird. So you repeat it back to them. It's like that's what you're always told to do. Like repeat it back to them and whatever. And so like you'll verify with them and they're like, yeah. And then they do, they get pissy with you when you verified something with them, and then it comes out. And you're like, but that's that's literally what you said. And I double checked and you agreed to those terms and conditions. <laughs> And I remember because I remember being like, who eats salad just with only vinegar? vinegar yeah, that's nasty. It's disgusting. Weird. That's very weird. She, evidently not her. <laughs> also, I was like trying to rack my brain. I'm like, is Molly and Roger somebody from another book? But I don't think so. Yeah. This Molly girl, though, is she's having a moment. She's very upset about the ellipsis. Very upset about that. She is like, it's not supposed to say Molly and Roger forever, dot, dot, dot. And I think if we read between the lines here, we can see that maybe it's not the ellipses that she's upset about. It is, this marriage isn't going to work out, and I am well aware. So. Also, I'm sure you've probably seen it. It was like a meme going around, like, God, like probably five, ten years ago. And it was about the fact that, like, older generations just love, like, punctuating, like, in text or, you know, social media posts, they'll, like, love punctuating with ellipsis, like, you know, the dot, dot, dot or whatever. Um, and I do find that to be very true. So I was like, maybe just, like, a boomer company made these napkins, Molly. You know, like, calm down. It's fine. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because at my last job, I had to talk to software engineers literally all the time. And every single time I talked to one of them, they ended the sentence with a dot, dot, dot. So it made it sound like 
they thought I was like stupid or they were like confused as to why I was talking to them because every single time dot 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 and I'm like why are you ending the sentence with a dot 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 why are you doing my mom used to do it a lot sorry mom but we did used to me and my sisters would like jokingly make fun of her when she would text us because there was she's toned it down a lot I think probably because we teased her about it but yeah I just think it's like certain generations and and certain things yeah like I think a lot of like tech bro dudes like dot dot like say like never had to take a grammar class in college you know and it shows mm. <laughs> but when you have people yeah. who like had to I'm like I would never end a sentence with dot dot unless it was like purposeful but yeah I guess Molly exactly. was you know like a liberal arts major and she gets it and whoever made the napkins is like I don't understand that's not a big deal it's just a dot 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 <laughs> But I love this entire and I love that like Macy is like maybe now is not the time to show off like how great I was at grammar <laughs> it's just, this entire exchange is just very funny to me but yeah, I think the the root of the concern here Molly is not the dot 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 I think that it's your you and Rogers probably aren't gonna work out yeah yeah so then three hours later, they're done. And Delia's like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. Um, and Christy's like, what about the thing with the steaks? And they're like, oh, right. But that's fine. Everything's fine. And next time it's going to be perfect. And it's going to go over like a well-oiled machine. And Macy's like, I mean, I knew this was unlikely. Um, it's disaster after disaster with this company in a lot of ways. And so they're standing outside packing up the van. Talking about how Molly and Roger probably aren't going to last. Um, this is where we know, find out Monica's phrases are, mm-hmm, better quit, don't even. And that's it. So good for you, girl. Stay true to yourself. Yep. And then, do you want to do the honors? We can introduce. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a nose. She's like, I'm going to let you have this one. Very important to you. And you know what, y'all? It really is. We get introduced to the Burt Mobile. It comes into our lives. It has stayed with me my whole in my heart forever. The Burt Mobile means a lot to me. Yeah, Burt has officially turned 16. He wasn't working that night. And it's, it appears Wes was also off because they both were going off to get this. He was supposed to inherit Uncle Henry's car. But Uncle Henry's car was this boring old jalopy. Like, it's just a regular old average car. And when you're a Bert and you have flair, which I also love that, like, this is 2004, right? And he shows up in, like, penny loafers and, a sh- like, Christy makes fun of his fashion. But, like, you could tell he thought he was dressing, like, up. Like, I think he thought he was dressing very adult, which he kind of was. But that's adorable to me. And she's like, what is this, polyester? And he's like, it's a poly blend. <laughs> They're talking about his outfit choice tonight. But, yes, he bought a repurposed ambulance, which was final sale. There obviously is no gurney in the back anymore. So he puts a cot back and he's excited. It sounds like Bert is maybe a, like a timid driver because, you know, Delia's like, oh, drive safe. You know, don't drive too fast. And everyone like laughs at that. So it sounds like he's like a little bit of an old man driver, which I love. That just adds to his adorableness, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. He's very excited about it. And he's like, come on, gang, you know, the we're burning. I've only got a few more hours of my birthday. Get into the Burntmobile. And the Burntmobile <laughs> is everything. Like, this is just right here. It just tells you so much about Burt's personality. And I love that Wes is kind of, like, very, like, 
heavy sigh about the whole thing but also like you can tell how much he loves his little brother he's like it's what he wanted like there's nothing we can do about it and I just love in this like two-page exchange like how much you learn about like both of them individually as as brothers Delia as well just like their whole kind of family dynamic you get a lot of good like little juicy tidbits and like a two-page introduction of the most iconic car in all pop culture uh, I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again for anyone who hasn't listened to other episodes. If this is the first one you're finding, or if you haven't um, seen us on Instagram, that my very first car that I got was named the Burnt Mobile. Um, as I mentioned before, I read this when I was about 13. And it was in that moment that I knew that when I got my first car, I wanted to name it that. And I had a hand me down Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was black, it was a perfect first car. Um, it was my mom's old car and she got a new car and I got her car and yeah his name ironically I think he was a 2004 which was like kind of perfect because this book came out in 2004 was it it, was, it probably was older than that maybe like an 03 or an 02 or something but yeah I named him the Burt Mobile and I called him Burt for short obviously and he was the best and then my friend Katie Katie if you're listening uh, when she got her first car, obviously I named it Wes because you can't have Bert without Wes. So those were, <laughs> and we really did like, that is how we referred to them. And like, we both got in a car accident and then hers, Wes was totaled sadly. And I remember she called me and they, that like crying was like, Wes was, he's gone. <laughs> it's funny oh, no. now. Obviously not at the time. Um, my first accident I got in with Bert, like I was very, I think like the, cop that showed up I was like like, obviously like I was fine and I was just like is Bert gonna be okay and this man was like is someone else in your car ma'am and I was like that's my car (laughs) (laughs) he's like I'm sure it'll be fine (laughs) and I was so sad when I traded him in I mean I love my new car it's not new anymore I've had my car for years but I was very sad when I, I turned in the, the Burnt Mobile. I guess I could have just got the Burnt Mobile too, but no, like there was only one Burnt Mobile in your life. And so when I turned him in, my new car's name is Kalua, in case anyone is wondering. Uh, she's named that because her like paint color is technically called like something espresso. And so I was like, ooh, like Kalua. I was bartending, like I used bartending money to get her. So it like seemed appropriate, but her color was like coffee colored and I was a bartender. So her name is Kalua and that's what stuck, but. Yeah, the burnt mobile. My car doesn't have a name. You have. We have to name it. I name everyone's cars. Basically, yeah. Like I was the weirdo in high school, so I named my car the burnt mobile. So when people got a car, they're like, "Bethany, what should I name it?" And I was like, "This is what we're naming it." <laughs> my last car I named Buckbeak because my ex at the time had a black car that they named Sirius. So when I got my car and it was gray, I was like, well, Buckbeak, obviously. So we had Sirius and Buckbeak. Um, But now me and Andrew share a car. It is a black CRV. What are your thoughts? I'm trying to think. I I feel like we need something good. I I kind of like, because we've talked about our Mount Rushmore of characters. I feel like maybe, I think she could be like a Mira or an Isabel, I think she could be one of those. Is she like sassy or is she more like quirky? Because if she's more quirky and like reliable, I say Mira. If if she's got some sass to her, I say Isabel. I'd say sass because she's very sleek. Hmm. She's got leather interior. Oh, she's yeah. like the higher end. So we got it used, hmm. but we 
got like it's like the fanciest version of the car right. because the used version was the same price as like the brand new one that didn't have all of the perks. Oh, so. that's an Isabel. Yeah, if she's like sleek and stylish and like the best, because yeah, if it's the highest end stuff, that's not Mira. No. <laughs> you know, like Mira would be like, her door handle kind of falls off and it's fine, but it works and whatever. Yeah, she's an Isabel. I've determined it. That's perfect. I will be Nailed checking it. in on her and I'll just be like, hey, how's Isabel doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, for, so for the longest time, because going on, a, I mean, I, I've already been on a car name tangent for the last 10 minutes, but one more thought. For the longest time, when we got cars, because you know, like, back in the day, it's like boats and cars were always she's. And I thought it was, like, kind of sexist because it was guys being like, oh, she, whatever. And so when a lot of my girlfriends got cars, I would make them boys because I was like, oh, like, you know, like, if guys can have girl, like, why can't we have boys? And also because my car was a boy name or whatever. But yeah, then when I got my last car, I was like, but there's like something about like going on a girl, like a road trip with your girls and whatever. And I wanted her to be like a her, not in the like sexist way, but in the like girl power way. I like so it. my latest car is a she. I've had a he and a she. <laughs> Maybe my next one will be like a non-binary pal. I don't know. You know, we'll see <laughs> when I get it, the vibe I get off it. <laughs> I love that. I can't wait to tell Andrew that um, our car's name is Isabel. Also, I have a couple follow-ups. First follow-up is I know somebody who has her own Etsy shop and she makes decals for your car that says mm-hmm. Taylor's version. So like next to where it says like CRV, you would put the decal. So it's like CRV Taylor's version, which I'm like it. obsessed with. I'm like, I need to get one of those. Yes. Um, sh- Let me actually shout out her store. Since I'm talking about this, I feel like it would be wrong to not do that. Yeah, because we're all going to want to go get one. While I'm looking for her store, I want to also mention that your husband messaged me on Facebook and said, okay, Boomer. He has a a song he wanted to have the world premiere of during this stream. And I was like, you just really desperately want to be a host of Hey Spinner Bait. (laughs) Yes, 100%. So desperately he wants it. But yeah, he's like, what time are you recording? And I was like, yeah, like about 530. And he's like, six o'clock, I'll be there with the world premiere. And I'm like, what? And it's 6.30 and he has not popped in yet, but I've probably summoned him now. Okay, it is, her store name is Olive and Orchard. And on Instagram, it's at shop.oliveandorchard. And you know what? I'll just put that in the episode notes so that you guys know. And then I'll put the long hand pencils in there too, because I didn't put that in there last time. So let me do that. She has a lot of cute Taylor stuff, actually. I'm scrolling through. She also has some Scarlet Witch stuff. So check her out. Yeah, I feel like, so I'm headed in about a month, a little over a month, I will be headed in my Kahlua to go see Taylor. And I feel like I need that sticker, like on my way to the show for sure. Because I'll like be in my car. So that's happening. But anyways, so here we are. Burmobile has been purchased. The gang's all going out. They're wrapping up for the night. Basically... Our girl Macy is like, I'm getting back in my car. I'm going to go back to my lonely, sad house. And Christy is like, hey, girl, you want to come hang out with us? Like, we're going to go ride around an ambulance. Like, how many people had the opportunity to do that? And, of course, Macy is, like, thinking about the time that she did. She's like, I'm good with the one time. Thank you. And she appreciates the offer but decides to go home by herself, which is sad but are we surprised that that's what macy chose of course right now she's still in her trying to be perfect 
So she leaves and do, 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 do. is this where nope okay she doesn't talk to her mom her mom doesn't go back to the next chapter uh i think that's pretty much it for that chapter any other thoughts on chapter four nope none whatsoever all righty then chapter five let's hit it Chapter five starts off with a couple of her drafted emails back to Jason, but ultimately she decides, no, I'm not going to say anything. And really, what does one say to the email that Jason sent her? You know, like I can right. see that being difficult to draft a response to. She's like, I tr- I'm trying to be like him, cold and sterile and lacking in emotion, but it's impossible. So I'm just going to say nothing. And she said that he she hasn't heard from him anyway, so she's assuming he's just accepting her silence as whatever, as acceptance or agreement. So she's still working at the library. Her mom really doesn't want her to give that job up for some reason. She's like obsessed. She's like, Jason is trusting you. So she's not telling her mom that Jason dumped her yet. Um, I guess she just doesn't want to like face it. And so she's like, don't worry, I'm just going to do this catering thing like once in a while. It's no big deal. And her mom's like, okay, if you're sure. Yeah, her mom being all, the library is still going to be your first priority thing, which is so bizarre to me. Like you have a teenage daughter who wants to work not one but two summer jobs and you're mad about that. Like most people would be like, or again, if they were concerned about it, it would be like, sweetie it's summer it's your last like summer before your senior year of high school like don't you want to go out and live a little and her mom's concern is like does this mean you're not gonna take the library job as seriously and i'm like get the hell out of here i don't like who cares about jason mom who cares about jason the worst jesus Jesus. yeah she's just their relationship is certainly interesting it really is well they're both like doing the most to avoid feeling their feelings and they're yeah. like doing it the exact same way by yes. just like putting things into nice little boxes and being like okay here we go yep yeah they're they're too much alike is the problem kind of so then they are so she goes to work she hates it it's terrible she's like oh they're like oh macy i surprised you made it in today you know considering and Macy just ignores them. So Amanda's like, considering what happened with you and Jason. And so they're trying to get a rise out of her. I think they're A, trying to get a rise out of her and B, trying to get her to quit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm still going to work this job. Screw you guys. And they're like, okay, sure. I do like this part that she was like, I got an all-time high of two questions that I was allowed to answer. One was this, like, drunk guy asking about a, like, a possible job. And the other one was the six-year-old wanting to know Mickey Mouse's address. And she's like, both of these things, you know, Bethany and Amanda consider not worth their time. And I was like, listen, if a six-year-old came up to me and wanted to know where Mickey Mouse lived, I would consider that the utmost importance. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would be like, yes, let's get you a letter to Mickey Mouse. Let's do it right now right now i'm ready i'll help you write it and post it and we're doing it and mm-hmm. i was like that's precious and that is worth your time but not these bitchy girls of course of course so then 
after dinner. She's doing her thing, following her little routine. And Delia calls and is like, first of all, dealing with Lucy. Where is Delia's husband? I don't remember this book very well, so I don't know. Don't tell me. But she's like dealing with Lucy. She's like, please, God, I'm begging you. Just let mommy talk for five seconds. And basically what's happening is they are suddenly short staffed and Delia needs help making sandwiches at her house. So Macy's like, yeah, definitely. Let's do that. I wrote, we love that right here, but why? (laughs) But why? Why did I write that? It's pointing at the part where she says, here, let me give you directions. And I wrote, we love that. (laughs) I love a clear direction. (laughs) (laughs) That is what we're here for. We stand. Whatever the hell that note was, I have no idea. I guess I'm just like really into direction. <laughs> I loved that quest as a child. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I know what it is. <laughs> um, it's because I wrote it because she is paying her for the commute as well. So I was saying I love that she's also getting paid for her commute because uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes way more sense. I'm like, what the hell? I like that you just really love directions. So. <laughs> yeah, no, we do love that she's like, hey, it's a hike out to my house, but don't worry, I'm paying you the moment you start like driving out here. And it's like, yes, what a good boss. Mm-hmm. people should pay you should get paid for your commute i really believe that i agree I, I saw this thing that was like if your company can't afford to pay you enough for you to live within 20 minutes of their office then they cannot really afford to be operating in that city and i was like yes. yeah that's a good freaking point it's a good point looking at you disney and universal <laughs> Seriously, seriously. Ooh, something exciting was just brought in. I'm gonna commentate. Food, of some sort. Pizza, 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 pizza. We love pizza. The pizza's here, and I'm Okay, so please keep that in. That's me. <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh, yes. Yeah, so- Direction. Okay. Hashtag we love MapQuest. Um, <laughs> she says Julia's directions were like Delia, clear in places, completely frazzled in others, which accurate. She says there's like a little dirt road that she's supposed to find and she passes it like four times and cannot find it and she's beginning to feel dumb. And there's this lady who's sitting on the side of the road with a little stand, which is very true to the southeast. I mean, I'm sure they have those other places, but I just feel like it's a very Southeast thing to see someone just like selling boiled peanuts and different fruit and vegetables. So she's sitting there and finally she notices that poor Macy has been going back and forth. So she kind of pops up and is like, are you lost, sugar? That's what I think she must sound like. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I'm trying to find this road, actually. And she's like, oh, the sign fell off. It's like the fourth time it's happened, which that's a problem. But we get a great little moment here, a little shout out. This nice little side of the road lady selling tomatoes and flower seeds happens to be reading The Choice by Barbara Starr. And I was like, oh, 
Hells yeah. yeah. I know that. I know that lady. I know that book. So another great little Dustin shout out. We've gotten two, I guess, kind of so far. We've got, yeah, we've got Last Chance. And so, yeah, already like 88 pages in to The Truth About Forever. Sarah was really feeling, she was feeling nostalgic when she wrote this one. Also, I am loving her dollhouse. And oh my God. <laughs> Like, that is the best thing. That is the best thing. <laughs> and I love how she like set her up with like the Starbucks cup and the record player. And she's just laying <laughs> on the floor. Oh, it's a, so, yeah, I love that. Added. I love keep keep bringing us that dollhouse content, Sarah Dessen. Yeah, please do, Sarah. We are living for it. We love it. 10 when, out of 10. No notes. When she comes on the pod, because we're going to get her on the pod. So when she comes on the pod, we should have like some sort of like dollhouse hate spinner bait thing made. Yes. Yeah. And then we can, yeah, like gift it to her and then we could like be in her dollhouse. Wouldn't that be great? It would be amazing. Iconic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We're doing it. I don't know what we're making, but we're doing it. And also when I say we, I mostly mean you because you're in the more creative one. <laughs> I'm just going to order it. I have a zero artistic ability. I will brainstorm an idea, but you're going to be the one creating it because I'll be like, I don't know. I like the only thing I can kind of make y'all. And it honestly was so time consuming is Mickey ears. So that's it. That's my creative thing that I can do. And usually I just buy them, but I had this one idea once and I was like, I'm going to make them myself. And I did. And people were impressed by them, but I don't know if I would ever do it again because it took me way too long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyhow, so that's where my creativity basically starts and ends. So yeah, so this is a lovely lady who happens to be a fellow Babs fan and is reading her book on the side of the road, thankfully it points in the right direction. She says, be careful though, because there's a lot of like potholes and there's a really like big one. Like the, she says it's a doozy or something and it's right by the statue. So Macy goes down the little, you know, dirt road that she sees and she's so distracted by the statue that she's looking at that she ends up running right into the pothole that she was supposed to be going way left to avoid. And so, yeah, so she's looking at this beautiful sculpture, which is like this heart and hand and who happens to be there. But our boy Wes, he shows up to save the day. And he's like, oh, this happens all the time. I have to, like, help people out of here. Like, whatever you do, don't reverse. I'm going to go get – he gets, like, his truck and, you know, whatever those little ropes are to, like, get her out of the hole. <laughs> you know, I'm obviously very good at cars. <laughs> you would never believe it, but my grandfather was a mechanic <laughs> on my dad's side. And so my dad knows some things about cars, but clearly did not pass it on to me. So anyways, so he goes to help her and yeah, so she's saying like, oh, I was, I was so distracted by the sculpture and he says, oh, right, because you know it and she's confused and he's like, oh, you know, because they're uh, like around town or whatever and y'all, this is where and I don't want to like spoil anything because Michael Ann has no memory so she doesn't remember the end of this book. But upon this reread is the first time I realized something and it has to do with that conversation. And I was like, I have read this book a gazillion times and I don't know how I've never noticed this thing before. So anyways, we'll get back to that in the end of the book. Just everyone remember page 90 and there's a thing I realized. (laughs) 
and we're gonna get back to it eight episodes from now when we finish this novel i'm gonna put a post-it note in there yeah put a post-it note we're gonna remember it so he pulls her out he pulls her out of the uh the hole and she's kind of like she's like oh this guy is really hot this is a hot guy basically and then and then he pulls her out of the hole and then she and then he leaves sadly i was like damn wes didn't stay i was like wes is gonna no he's not but we did get a nice lovely short interaction with him and then delia says the thing about wes is that he thinks he can fix anything and if he can't fix it he can at least do something with the pieces of what's broken and I I like that. And I think yeah. they almost called her Remy. Oh my gosh. And I think Macy would like that as well because it's like she went to Jason because he could like make everything neat and tidy for her. Whereas like Wes is, is going to make something beautiful out of something that's broken. And I think that that is yes. That's very commendable. And I can respect someone who yeah, he's not like, I'm here to fix you, but it's like, hey, I see that you're broken and that's cool. Like, we can work with that. And that's quality. 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 It's a quality, a good quality in a, in a person. So we respect you for that, Wes. For sure. We get to learn about the namesake of Wish and again, a little bit more about the family dynamic between Delia and the boys. Uh, so we learned that Melissa was Delia's older sister and when she was younger she couldn't pronounce her name right so it came out more like Moisha and inevitably they just shortened it to Wish and they started the two sisters started this catering company together she said that Wish was kind of like her sister's baby and that she'd probably be very like upset with the disarray that it's turned into because Delia is the type of person like she's saying like Wes wants to fix the whole like he sees this broken thing and it's like, there's something we can do about it. And Delia, a little mirror-esque in the way that she's like, eh, it's broken. We're just going to like live with it and it's fine. And like, there's beauty in the broken things and, and whatever. And so she was saying how she kind of explains yeah, how they started this catering company. And then her sister got sick. She passed away when she was only 39 from breast cancer. She gives us a little history about Wes. She said that when his dad left, so Wes and Bert's parents were divorced his dad went up north. West kind of fallen with a bad crowd, did some dumb things for a while. The second his mom got sick, he was like a completely different person. He really did a wonderful job taking care of her, really stepped up and helping take care of Bert and, you know, Delia in a sense. And, um, and then, yeah, and then she said, you know, she got sick, she died, and there she was now responsible in a sense for these two boys, as well as you know, Lucy would have been like a baby at the time. And of course, now she's having another kid. So she was just saying like, it really rocked her world. And of course, Macy doesn't know any of this. And so she says here, it felt so weird to be on the other side where you were the one expected to offer condolences, not receive them. I wanted my sorry to sound genuine because it was. That was the hard thing about grief and the grieving. They spoke another language and the words we knew always fell short of what we wanted them to say which I thought was just a beautiful passage. And yeah, like grief's a tricky thing. And I think yeah, after a while, like you hear I'm sorry so many times that it like loses all meaning. And so it's like, well, I have to say I'm sorry here, but I also know that they've heard it a million times and I want to make it like very clear that I mean it. But yeah, but thankfully, even though I think like 
inevitably it loses all meaning, you always know that it's coming from like a good place. I found Delia's whole um, like perspective on life really interesting. And I also found a very Mira-esque. She's like, you know, we have to have a little chaos and disorder because if everything's always smooth and perfect, then you would never be able to like really appreciate things, which is like, yeah, totally. Like I definitely, that's a wonderful thing way to view the world. I think that that's beautiful, but at the same time, you should probably get that hole filled in is all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like it's caused a lot of grief. And yeah, she was talking about all the different people that come out and she gets like served stuff of like, you know, from them insur- from their insurance, like having to fix it. And it's like, yeah, you could not have to spend, it sounds like you're spending a lot of unnecessary money when you could just fix this hole. But other than that, Delia, I'm with you 100%. And I do think there's something to, you know, not everything always has to be neat and tidy and a little chaos is good for you. And it does help you appreciate those, you know, moments of peace and whatnot. But yeah, I was like, mm, but I also think you could probably fix that hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <clears throat> also, that lent that uh, passage about grief that you just read, like, oh, I just had to, like, stop for a second and, like, sit in that, like, oh, yeah, grief speaks another language that is, like, wow, profound. Thank you, Sarah. You did it again. Another one, Sarah. <laughs> Another one, Sarah. Another one. Killing it. I also like the pa- this passage at the end of this page where she says, you know, they they get back to, you know, cutting bread and slabbing into mayo. And she says, the silence wasn't like the ones I'd known lately, though. It wasn't empty as much as chosen. There's an entirely different feel to quiet when you're with someone else. And at the moment, it could be broken. Or at any moment, it could be broken. Like the difference between a pause and an ending. And I was like, oh, that's so good and so true. Like, when you feel comfortable with someone and you can just sit there in silence or do a task in silence, but it's not like awkward. It's not the silence of loneliness that she's been in. It's this comfortable silence. And yeah, like I love that a pause and not an ending. It's like, yeah, we're still on pause right now. Like it's not like that. God, it's so good. Sarah, yes. it's so good. <laughs> it's so good, Sarah. There's nothing like just like sitting in comfortable silence. I went to go visit my friend Casey. We have always been long distance friends. We met on, on Twitter uh, like 11 years ago and we've been friends since I went to go visit her in December for her birthday and I shit you not we sat in silence together for most of the time and then I left and I was like should I feel bad that we like didn't talk to each other that much and like we were both like no that was exactly what both of us needed was to just like decompress with each other and it's like that's the best it's the best yeah I one of my dear friends we're like convention buddies. I mean, we're friends, but we've been to a few conventions together. So she's like my go-to convention buddy. And there's something so overstimulating about going to a convention. I love it more than just about anything. It's like one of my favorite things to do. But if you're Star Wars Celebration, for instance, we were out of town. We were there for like four, it was a four day convention and it's so overstimulating. And so you'd be going, going, going all day, just noise all day and so it was like we'd get back to the hotel room it was four of us staying there my husband everyone's favorite guest star (laughs) and um and uh my friend Kristen and her friend ashley who i now can call a friend as well she's awesome and we we were the perfect people to go with because it was like we'd get back to the room and everyone would kind of like want to because we weren't with you know 
up each other's butts all day. So maybe someone had gone to a panel or someone had gone to a meet and greet that you had in. And so he'd be like, oh, how was that panel? How was that meet and greet? Oh, show me the picture. You know, oh, did you buy merch today? Whatever. And we do that for like 30 minutes. It was like 30 minutes of show and tell. And then everyone would just like sit in silence for the rest of the night. And it was great. And I cannot imagine like going to something like that with someone else who didn't appreciate that you just needed to like sit in silence after so much stimulation every day. And the next day, like you'd wake up rested and ready to do it again. And then we do like our 30 minute show and tell. <laughs> and then we'd all be like, okay. And now we're going to all sit quiet. Like some of us would read a book. Some of us would like fiddle around on our phones. So we all just like sat in silence. And it was wonderful. <laughs> I love sitting in silence with people. It's so it's good. So nice. And like, yeah, when you're with people who like get it and aren't like, yeah. I need to fill the silence. And this is awkward. And you're just like, no, let's just like sit this for a minute. <laughs> but yes, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Oh, and then this one too. Oh my gosh. Sarah, <laughs> this one too on page 97. She says, some people, they can just move on, you know, mourn and cry and be done with it, or at least seem to be. But for me, I don't know. I didn't want to fix it to forget. It wasn't something that was broken. It's just something that happened. And like the whole, and like that whole, I'm just finding ways every day of working around it, respecting and remembering and getting on at the same time, you know? Oh my God. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she says that, I'm like, I get the whole, (laughs) but also you should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like also fill it, but like I get it oh, metaphorically. metaphorically. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, you just learn to live with the whole. You just learn to live with it. Yeah. And that was just beautiful, beautiful way to put it. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, just like this paragraph just sums it up so well. And, you know, I, I think it's funny that Delia says, like, it might not be the healthiest, but I think that is like a really healthy way to view mm-hmm. grief and and dealing with something like that. Because it is like your life isn't like I think so many people want to like before and after and whatever. And it's like there is no after like it, that thing is always going to be there and you're always going to miss that person. But yeah, like you can learn to like stay to the left and drive around the hole, you know, and it's like. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just such a perfect way to describe what it is like to to grieve and like move on after someone has passed. I also just wanted to point out that we learned from Delia that the sculpture is was made by Wes, that beautiful sculpture that she got distracted by. And she's like, oh, he didn't tell me. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's not really one to brag about it. But he, he got really into art. Like that's, you know, going back to that whole he's good at like making something beautiful out of broken things. So he kind of makes these really cool, unique sculptures. And we learned that through Delia because Wes is like, I'm going to brag about that. (laughs) I love how Sarah Dessen loves little artsy weirdos. Yeah. Is your husband an artsy weirdo? Tell me everything. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I want to know about Jay because I like that I can like say his name like I know him. I don't, but she dedicates a lot of her stuff to him. So I feel like I know him. I want to know, yeah, is he like a little artsy weirdo? Because I think he must be. I think that my love for her books growing up is probably like what made me want like an artsy weirdo because I was like, oh, these boys, they're so, I don't know, they're little artsy weirdos and I like them. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> she was on to something with that. I, I agree. Yeah, find yourself a little weirdo, as we always say. Yeah, that's, it is. That is one of our go-to. Run from the other ones and find yourself a little weirdo. <laughs> Run straight to a little weirdo. <laughs> In our little league of weirdos. Where I was thinking about our little league of weirdos the other day, 
when I was on a job interview because I was talking she like threw me off with this question I don't know why but you know like when you're on a job interview they're always like what's your strength what's your weakness and she started talking to me about like my friends and like how would your friends describe you and like whatever and it was like very weird because I'm like how my friends would describe me is not necessarily things that would like make good qualities in a job so like how do I spin this you know what I mean so she was like what would be like what would your friends say are your three best qualities and so, you know, I said, like, oh, you know, the fact that I'm, like, a super positive person, the fact that I'm very loyal, um, and I was, like, and I'm, I would say, like, nerdy, like, I'm, I'm kind of a fangirl, and I was, like, what's a way that, like, a job, like, that I was, like, passionate, I'm very passionate about things, and so we went on this whole, like, like, basically rabbit hole of, like, the fact that I'm a nerd, and she was a nerd, and whatever, and so she was, like, oh, the people that you're gonna be working in, in the office with like I'm not really sure if I know anyone who's like a big Marvel or Star Wars person or anything but you know they're all very nice and yada 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 and I was like yeah like that is a good thing about working in Orlando is you do work with a lot of other like little weirdos and I was like I really am gonna have to find my little league of weirdos here in Georgia because <laughs> like not a lot of people that I've met so far give off the vibe that they want to hear like my deep thoughts on James Buchanan Barnes and why I think he's one of the best Marvel characters like I don't think anyone really wants to hear that <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> I know that's what me and Andrew that's like why me and Andrew have been like we need to go back to Florida or Orlando because we're like Nobody around here understands the nerd level to which we are at. Everybody is like regular people. Yeah. I'm sure there's like some weirdos out there. I just like haven't met them. I did have a man come up to me. I was wearing like a Star Wars spirit jersey at a restaurant. And this old man came up to me. Again, not like olds, but like probably my parents age, like, you know, early 60s or something. And he was like you're the second person today I've seen in a Star Wars shirt. What's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, is there like something going on in town? And I was like, oh, like a convention. No, not that I'm aware of. And I was like, people just wear like, again, in Orlando, you just see Star Wars shit everywhere. (laughs) So it's not uncommon. And, um, and yeah, he legitimately didn't know what Star Wars was. Like just didn't know that it was a movie, like a big, one of the biggest movie franchises of all time. And I was like baffled by this. Cause like it started with, he was like, what's going on? And then he's like, so what is Star Wars? And I thought he was joking. And I was like, you know, and he's like, and I was like, ha 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 ha. Cause I like, I started awfully laughing because I didn't know how to respond. And then he's like, no, genuinely. And he's like, I think it's a, a movie, right? He's like, I, I really don't watch movies. I really don't know. And I was like, yeah, it's a, I was like, it's like 10 movies, dude. Yeah, it's like a major franchise. What the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, the he saw two people wearing a Star Wars shirt was like something he noted. And I was like, people wear Star Wars all the time. <laughs> all the time. Also, I want to mention, so looking at the the start of this chapter where it's like okay Wes said under his breath watch and learn every single one thing I've noticed about this book is every single chapter the first sentence is always so good like the last chapter we started with um like maybe it wasn't the last chapter no chapter four starts with Christy in the middle of a story and I I was just like oh my gosh this is so good like it dra- she draws you right in. She draws you right in. Yeah. I'm envisioning like kind of how I read it when I, the first time I read it growing up and it was like 
you know how when you get to the end of a chapter and it's like a good place to stop but you kind of do like flip to the next page to realize that and you're like oh it's the next chapter but then you read sentences like that and you're like oh, it's, it's like a cliffhanger like you gotta know what's going on and I was like dang she really is good at yeah like oh just one more chapter oh just one more chapter <laughs> I know because a lot of these chapters too like end right when like something big is about to happen like she following the wish truck yep and then the chapter ends and it's like this chapter two ends like that as well and it's like oh my gosh i want to just keep going yeah there's like yeah there's a lot of good like cliffhangers and it it definitely makes you want to go right on in but yeah we start here okay Wes said under his breath watch and learn and you're instantly like learn what what's happening and he's teaching her the art of a good gotcha. They're at another caning event at the Lakeview Inn, which, as we remember, is where Caroline got married to Wally. And this chapter, we're going to get some more of Caroline, and I'm excited for that. But anyhow, so he, he's like, oh, we're learning the art of good gotcha. And he does get Bert very well, which he says there he's up to six. So he's definitely up on Bert. He already was, but now he like definitely is. Bert is very embarrassed because he like stumbles. And I think he's even more embarrassed when he realizes that Macy was also there to witness it. And so he's all like, I'm going to get you and you're in on this too now. And Wes is like, well, actually you kind of already did it to her once. So I think you're kind of scared away with her already. And he's like, nope, she's involved now. (laughs) I love it. So Macy has been inducted in the gotcha group and we are here at the latest catering event like i said and delia in typical delia frazzled fashion is like wait a second she said everyone freeze and i do like this visual she's like we did even christy who normally ignored most directives stopped what she was doing a cheese biscuit dangling in midair over her tray and i could just imagine like everyone like literally "Uh." yeah (laughs) and they're holding it so i thought that was great and so Delia is freaking out and she's like, where are the hands? There's a system now. We created a system because they're always forgetting something and always running behind. And so everyone was responsible for a certain thing. For instance, Macy was on utensils. And uh, as we come to find out, as Delia is going through this, that she, of course, was the one who was on the main course, which is what the hands are part of. And she was like, crap, I was so concerned about it that I put it shit i put it on my car and that is where it is and my house is 30 minutes away and what are we gonna do so wes has to go to like the fancy gourmet store and of course in typical wish fashion that does mean that dinner is served a little late but everyone is full and happy by the end and all ends well this is where i have to give a quick tangent (laughs) speaking of my lovely mother who i discussed at the top of the show who i often shout out and loves listening to our episodes one of my favorite times ever that we left North Carolina. So like I said, we go up to North Carolina basically every other year. The pandemic kind of put a little bit of a wrench in that. But overall, we've been going every other year since I was about 13. And we stay at like a beach house and it's a wonderful time. And our little family has grown quite a bit. So, so many different people have been inducted into this trip. So one year we go and we, of course, are checking out. And they, usually they have like a little lock box, you know, where the keys are. And so she's like, where are the keys? We have to turn in the keys. We have to put the keys in the lockbox before we hit the road, head back to Florida. 
And so everyone is like, I, I don't know, like, you know, because there's like so many things when you like use these like verbo houses, like some of them, they want you to like strip the bed in the morning or do this, do that. So like this was one that was like all the linens in the bathroom, in the bathtub, all the linens in your bedroom stripped on the floor. And so I was like, I don't know. I stripped my linens. I put all my things away in the bathroom. I packed up my bags. That's all I'm responsible for. So we're rushing around trying to get out of the house. And my mom's like, we can't find the keys. We can't find the keys. And so she literally had us like digging through trash because we could not find these keys. And we ended up, my dad is like very like ornery about getting on the road. And so we ended up leaving at like 8 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. or something because we were so busy looking for these keys. And my dad is like getting all pissy that we're going to get into Florida at midnight. And we're like, okay, dude, we're not. (laughs) But anyways, a long story short, we're all rushing around. We're looking at this. Did it fall in the linens? Did it do this? Whatever literally digging through trash and we go and um you know we're going through the car or whatever and we're like mom like we don't have it it was in her purse the entire time so it just when delia basically was like who was responsible for the hands and it dawns on her it was her 100 took me back to that time and all of us so we like did not let her live that down for the longest time so like remember when you were certain that the keys, you know, had fallen in a crack, were in the trash can, were in somebody's linens, and they were in your bag the entire time. <laughs> so that was just very funny. And also one of those meant to be things, though, because a few do- hours down the road, we got delayed again due to like a massive car accident. And we're like, I think we were meant to like lose those keys or whatever and and search the house for an hour. So we're like, okay, like maybe it was meant to be, but yeah. So thanks mom for losing those keys, I guess is the moral of that story. (laughs) Shout out. And we did make it home before midnight dad. (laughs) A win is a win. Yeah, but every summer since the day that we like go to check out, we're like, Mom, do you have the keys? <laughs> <laughs> and she was sassing all of us and she had them all along. That's cute. That's cute. Where are we? Oh, yes, the hams. The hams. The system, the hams. And yes, dinner gets served late, but it gets to them and it's another typical wish insanity but good time a little bit of chaos but good time and this is where we learn that christy and macy have a new pattern much like the first time that she followed the wish van and christy asked her like hey do you want to come hang out with us tonight in the burnt mobile basically every time they finish up she's like oh maybe next time and she asks every time though the next time oh maybe next time so finally she says one time she asked what do you do every day anyway and she's like oh you know like prep for the SATs, different stuff for school. And Christy is like, it's summer. Like, are you serious? And she says, she's like, study a little bit for me too. Like, I definitely need it. So, um, yeah, so we learn a little bit about their routine of, you know, what it's like at these catering events, always a little bit of chaos. And at the end that Christy always asks, they, everyone else in the, the group tends to go out and Macy pretty much always goes home. And she says, it's like she was Cinderella in reverse. I was a princess for my daylight hours. At night, I let myself and my composure go just until the stroke of midnight when I turned back to princess again, just in time. Yeah, yes, I liked that analogy. I hope that she can just be Cinderella all the time. Not the put together one, but the other one. Yes, exactly. 
BMS. <laughs> so you're supposed to be at 17. <laughs> exactly. You're supposed to be doing what Caroline does. Like, yes, you're supposed to be. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, binge drinking. I noticed in the discord that I drink more, drank more than most people <laughs> in high school. <laughs> But- well, I was so funny. The, what was it when we were on? Oh my god, someone like you is that the one we were discussing high school parties? And I was like, oh my god, that's like not a real thing. Like I've all these shows and whatever. And you're like, actually, I went and I was like, oh, so you're the one. Like you're you're teenage life. And I was like, oh my god, I was so not like I went to parties in high school where alcohol was present. Like yes, obviously, but like not like that like not like the way it is in the movies or tv shows or anything like it was never like that I definitely never got drunk in high school the only time I really drank at a party in high school would have been my friend's parents often had us over for like new years and stuff like that and they're from europe so obviously they're much more like laid back about teenagers drinking and we were like we were staying over at their house so they would like let us have you know there was like this plum wine that is tradition in their, you know, in um, East Europe that you have at midnight or whatever. So they'd always like, let us have a cup of that. And we would usually like go to the cooler and like sneak a Smirnoff ice because again, it was the aughts and we were teenagers. <laughs> I stand by Smirnoff ice. Okay. It was good. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so we'd have like a couple of drinks, but it was never like a high school rager. I never got, I definitely wasn't drunk until I was like legal. Like I was not drunk, I think, until after I was 21, which is kind of crazy to think about. But I (laughs) have to say, I'm glad I got that out of my system at that point in life. But I will also like to put a little caveat. I was deeply, deeply unhappy. So like, yes, I did do all that partying, but I was also deeply unhappy. I would did not fit in in my hometown at all. I used alcohol as a crutch. Mm-hmm. It was not something that was like a good time. Like I, I definitely had good times for sure. Like yeah. there were some friends that I was very comfortable with. So when I drank with them, it was, it was just fun. But like, so I did have a lot of good times, but like I, if I could go back in time, I would probably not prioritize certain people. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we all have some of those from those times, but yeah, I think if you're ever in a position where you were like straight up binge drinking, there is probably something going on. You know, like we here at Hate Center Bay do not condone binge drinking, (laughs) obviously. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I do condone teenagers being teen, And I, I was, again, like I was a good kid. Like I really was a good kid, but I did have fun. Like I did do like quote unquote, like, I don't want to say any like crazy things, but like, like if it was summertime, I was going out and having fun every night, basically with my friends. Like I wasn't going home and SAT prepping. That is for sure. So yeah, I think there's probably a good happy medium between what like uh, Caroline did when she was growing up and what Macy is currently doing. I think we can find a middle ground there. (laughs) Exactly. So we find out the ham disaster. We find out the resolution that we talked about. Um, And then she gets home and in the driveway is her her dad's truck, which had been left at his beach house. So she goes inside. She's like, 
waiting. She's like, she's like, I've always thought that my dad would just show up one day and we would all laugh about this big misunderstanding. So she's like thinking about that in the back of her head. And then she opens her bedroom door and it's not her dad, obviously. It is her sister, Caroline. Which can I just say, when I was reading that bit about how one day she like hoped, which I think is what all people hope when someone passes is that like, they're not really gone. But like the way she worded that was that so not like Prince Harry and from his memoir when he was like, that it was all whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, like that is like, I think if you are a younger person and someone passes away, particularly maybe like a parental figure, like there's just this part of you that's like, no, this isn't real. Like they just like ran away for a little bit and like, they'll be back and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I decided to mark that book as do not finish for me personally. I Maybe I'll come back to it someday, but not anytime soon. Yeah. I'm depressed enough, yeah. you know? That is that is very fair. It's a, like we said before, it's very tough to get through. But yeah, that part I was like, wow, like that's so weird because that's like something that was so... And, and I really do think it is like a coping mechanism that a lot of people that lose someone at a young mm-hmm. age do experience when he was on Colbert, Colbert was saying like he, when his brother passed, like he thought that for the longest time too. And I was like, wow, that's so fascinating. And thankfully I am someone who did not, you know, lose someone super close to me. Like obviously my grandparents passed when, or one of my grandparents passed when I was younger. That's a pretty common, that's like most people's first death is either like a pet or grandparent, but yeah, it was like, wow, that's like wild. That's like such a, like a common thread between people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. It's like the brain's way of, of dealing with the loss is just being yeah. like, it's not real. So don't worry about it. Although for Prince Harry, there's like that whole other level of, she was like being stalked by the paparazzi and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And no one in his family would talk about it. Yeah. And yeah, all of that is just completely wild. Yeah, so moving on here with Caroline being back, as she says, she thankfully gets to have a lunch where she she's at the library on her lunch break and she has one where she is thankfully not eating alone for the first time, but then kind of wishing that she was because Caroline has come back with an agenda, which obviously she's come back in the truck. And as we know from earlier chapters, the truck was at the beach house that they have in Colby. And this next couple of pages is where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie here, ladies. I think Caroline is the one who has dealt with her grief the best <laughs> so far. Yeah. Like, Lucy and her mom are not coping. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to think Caroline is the only one who's kind of coping. She's the only one who's doing it. I'm not, it's not a competition. <laughs> but I'm just saying. That's the thing about your feelings is you have to feel them or you're never going to be able to heal. Yes, exactly. So yeah, Caroline comes back with, she went out to the beach house and the beach house is in a little bit of a disarray because no one has been out there for a year and a half. And as they discussed, even before that, it was very much a bachelor pad. And she's kind of reminiscing just how I was about like our family summer. She's like, remember that time, mom, when, you know, you would try to, there's a tiny kitchen and a tiny stove and you had one burner that worked and you're trying to cook three different things. And God, dad's god awful grill that he used and you know it's this very big emotion like don't do that they don't talk about their dad in this family and she's saying caroline is kind of breaking that like one you know unbroken or uh, unsaid rule that they have 
but again, it's just kind of proving like Caroline is in a position where she can go to the beach house and she can remember happy memories fondly because she has actually dealt with her grief. You go, girl. So you know what? We were questioning your your mindset last week a little bit and oh, well, is Wally a good idea and whatever. But the more I read, the more I'm like, you know what? I think she's the one who's actually coping best. So <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wrote the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, she's coping the best out of everyone. She's she has actually dealt with her grief. And now she's like, here to be like, all right, guys, take my hand. Yeah. We are going to work through your grief exactly. now as well. Let's do this. So they Caroline's basically like, we need to go down there and we need to just take some time and flip this house, basically. um, Like paint it, clean it up. And then you know, at the end of the summer, they can, she's like, we can all go down there for a few weeks and like hang out and go on vacation like we used to. I think it would be good for us. And honestly, I agree. I think Caroline has the right idea here. I think she's really, uh, really smart. And, but you know, her mother is kind of trying to reject this. She's like, I don't want to talk about this. I do not want to talk about this. But Caroline's like, we're going to talk about it and it's going to be okay. And Macy keeps doing that. I'm fine. I'm fine. And Caroline's like, I know you're fine, but we are going to do this together. It's going to be okay. And she kind of, Caroline kind of brings them to this place where they can begin to face reality and get, get into a good place. And maybe they'll refix this house and they'll be able to kind of grieve. Yeah. You know, that would be good. Caroline is going to be a good mother. Yes, I agree with that. I can definitely see that. We love her. We stand you, Caroline. So then she gets back from lunch break, which the restaurant she was at, besides the fact that she's being kind of forced to face some memories and forced to face her grief a little bit. So it wasn't her favorite lunch ever. Uh, On top of that, they were running a bit behind, which, you know, happens on a lunch rush at a restaurant. And so she's like, I down my food. I try to get there. But even with all that, it's one twenty by the time she gets back. And of course, Amanda and Bethany are always perfect, exactly punctual one o'clock people. So she gets there and she's like, I'm sorry. It was unavoidable. She says that, uh, I believe it was Amanda. She's like, lunch ends at one. She said, enunciating each word carefully as if my tardiness was due to a basic lack of comprehension, which is like, yeah, I effing know I've been here for a couple of weeks now and I've never been late once. Like, calm your tits, you know? And so she's like, I know, I'm sorry. It was unavoidable. And this is where she's like, nothing is unavoidable. And she says here, then about a year and a half too late, it hit me. I was never going to be perfect. And what had all my efforts gotten me really in the end? A boyfriend who pushed me away at the minute I cracked, making the mistake of being human. Great grades that would still never be good enough for girls who knew everything. A quiet still life, free of any risks, and so many sleepless nights to spend within it. My heart heavy. Keeping secrets, my sister had empowered herself by telling. Yes, exactly. Be like Caroline, let yourself creep. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she it finally, she has this light bulb moment. The fact that Caroline came back into her life, the fact that she's been hanging out with the Wish crew, the fact that these girls are just so pretty, perfect, whatever. And she's like, shit, I'm never going to be these girls. I'm never going to be perfect. So why am I holding myself to this unattainable standard? And what does she do the next time she goes out to a catering event and Christy, as per their routine, asks her, does she want to go out? She's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, Christy basically 
is like doesn't make a thing of it it's just like cool come on and that is where we end which again what a cliffhanger i want to see them hang out i I know but we'll we'll get there but yeah like what a great way i love that again obviously she has so much to learn and go through and she still very much needs to process her grief but i love that she's starting to get it like certain things are clicking into place already for her like just a little bit of hanging out with you know these other people her sister coming back into town and already she's kind of like what am I doing? Like, this is not worth. This is not working. This is not worth it. I'm 17, and yeah, I'm gonna go out with my work friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, I really liked this chapter because Caroline is just like, wow. I mean, she handled that so perfectly too. She had like no, she wasn't like condescending. She wasn't like forceful. She was very like gentle, kind of like guiding them slowly into this process. And she didn't right. back down either. You know, her mom was like, I don't want to talk about this. And Caroline was kind of like, okay. And then just kept going. And I, I thought she did that really well. Yeah. So that was really interesting to see. And yeah, I'm really excited to see Macy start hanging out with the Wish crew. I'm excited to see a little bit more of our boy Wes. Yes. Yes. And yes. Bert. Or artsy weirdo. And our other little weirdo. Oh, we just love the weirdos, guys. <laughs> We do. We do. What can I do? You know what? Dessen loves the weirdos too. She does. She does. She clearly does. And we respect her for that. Yeah. I'm very excited for the next few chapters. Good stuff so far. Definitely some good stuff. And I totally agree. The way Caroline like navigated that conversation just really shows like such a great maturity and, and the growth that she has clearly gone on. And I think she might be the best like sibling we've had so far in any of these books. For so. sure. <laughs> For sure. Right on, girl. We love it. We respect it. We can't wait to read some more of it. So hope you all be back next week to join us as we continue to learn the truth about forever <laughs> <laughs> and get some more great uh, wish catering stories. And yeah, some more time with our, our little legal weirdos. So come join us. And until then, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Pod. Please feel free to join our Patreon. Everything is linked in the description of this episode and on our Instagram. And as always linked, we have a really good time in the Discord, like we have said, and we will keep saying. Um, and I'm so happy the other week, right before we posted, I think it was Monday night in the Discord when Brianna came on and was like, the truth about forever starts this week. And I was like, yes, I love that you're excited about that. I'm excited about that. So yeah, it's a good time. We chit chat about Sarah Dustin, but also just other cool things. So if you want to come do that with us, please do anything I'm forgetting, Michael. <laughs> no, I think you absolutely nailed it. I mean, you can rate and review this podcast. Yeah. That would be really helpful. Five star reviews are yes. great. And if you want, I have a few Gwendolyn Rogers fan club stickers. They are like holographic. I only have a, I only have a few, um, but if you leave a five-star review and then you screenshot it and send it to us on Instagram, I'll send you a Gwendolyn Rogers sticker. So keep that in mind. They're very, I have one and it's, oh, I just hit my table. I have one and it is a very pretty sticker. So believe me when I say that you want one. Yeah. That's, I think about it for us here today. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. And like we always say, you know, Enjoy your week. Take care of yourself. You're awesome and you're doing your best. (laughs) You are. And we love you. Yes, 100%. Bye. Bye.